Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, I just want to thank you so much for this time that we have here with you today, O Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will look out amongst you and around you and look at the people that are are listening and have come here today to join us during this time, O Lord God. And I pray, O Lord God, that you will search their hearts, O Lord God, and touch them and speak to them in your own special way. Lord God, I know that you know the needs, the desires, you know what is happening in everyone's lives, oh Lord God. So I pray that you will address every single need. Speak to their hearts. I pray that their eyes and ears will be opened and that their hearts will be opened, oh Lord God, to hear your words today and to understand your words and to receive your words today, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray you touch them, speak to them in your own special way. And I give this time and this space entirely over to you, Heavenly Father. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. It's another wonderful day in the Lord. And I pray today that you will hear his message and take it to heart and let Holy Spirit minister to you as uh, as he so sees fit. Amen. Because it is his desire that you should be set free and be delivered from whatever is uh, is going on in your life. You know, amen. Amen. So right off the back, that our, um, I just want to start off by saying that, you know, you've all heard the expression, the calm before the storm. I'm sure you've heard that expression, the calm before the storm. And that expression is usually referring to the quiet that usually uh, precedes a storm. You know, uh, sometimes they, you, you've heard about hurricanes, and especially down in Florida today. Um, there's the eye of the storm, which is this quiet space, you know, where sometimes even the sun is shining and so forth. And that's right before this the storm, the hurricane continues to move, and then you're thrust into the, right into the, uh, to the, to the hurricane at its full, full force. And well, that, that expression, the calm before the storm, is also referring to a period of activity, you know, before excitement, you know, the calm before excitement or some violence, uh, winds up happening. Okay. That's what it's referred to, uh, the calm before the storm. But today, what I want to talk about is the calm after the storm. Okay, I want to talk about the calm that comes after the storm. You know, I recall back east when I when I lived in New York. You know, we had these uh, we had hurricane season back there too, and and we had storms and lightning and thunderstorms. And uh, personally, you know, I really enjoy lightning. You know, I mean, I have a respect for it. I'm not foolish about it. To go play outside and stand under a tree when it's lightning, I have a respect for it. But I I enjoy looking at it. And uh, there was a period of time in our in our lives where we lived uh, literally lived on the beach, and uh, uh, and I could look out from the uh, window and look at out at the horizon during these storms and see the power of, of the wind and the lightning hitting out there on the horizon. It was quite beautiful, you know, to me anyway, it was quite beautiful. Okay. So, so, so I, I realized and recognized the power of storms and how bad they can be at times, the water rising. But then after the darkness and after the beating of the wind, after the thundering and the lightning, there would come a calm, there would come a calm. You could change, you, you could sense a, a change in the smell of the air, even, you know, that the air smelled different. It smelled fresh. 
you know, and it was a, an uplifting feeling during this calm that followed after the storm. So today, I, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the calm after the storm. This is an example of, of, of calm after the storm in the natural or physical realm, what I just referenced, okay? This is referring to a calm uh, due to a storm, what follows a storm in the natural realm. And as usual, as you've heard, always heard me say, for everything in the natural, there's a spiritual counterpart, okay? Everything that happens in the natural, the physical world around us, there's a spiritual part uh, also out there that we need to be aware of. Now, from a spiritual perspective, storms are those times in our lives, uh, difficult times in our lives. You know, the, the, the tribulations, the challenges that enter into our lives, these can be considered storms. When something really rough and troublesome is going on in your life, it's not like there's a peace or a calm going on in your life because that storm is really, it, it's upsetting your day-to-day -day routine. It's upsetting setting your life. It's upsetting your plans. So it is indeed, it's a storm. When a storm presents itself in our lives, there is darkness and turmoil, just like when there's a physical storm. There's darkness and there's turmoil going on around us. The darkness and turmoil can manifest itself in physical ways and in spiritual ways, and we have to be aware of both. Whatever that storm is, okay, and I say again, whatever that storm is, be it financial, be it health, infirmity, be it relationships at home or on the job or in school, if you're in school, these storms can take a negative effect on our physical health, all right? Storms like that can take a negative effect on our physical health. And, and, and that effect manifests itself in terms of, of heart palpitations, heart skipping a beat, uh, shortness of breath, headaches, uh, general tiredness, general weakness, all of the classic signs of stress and anxiety, okay? That's what these storms bring into our lives. Okay, they wreak havoc with the way we're doing things, the way we, the way we wind up planning. It, it wreaks havoc with, with our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations when these storms come into our lives. And again, it can wind up impacting us physically, you know, where we actually experience, you know, rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, the whole nine yards. All of that, again, the classic storms of anxiety and stress. Okay, now, from a spiritual perspective, from a spiritual perspective, these storms manifest in our lives as lack of faith, doubt, and worry. Okay, that's what, what, what these storms do from a spiritual perspective. They wind up manifesting in our lives to the point where, where we start doubting God. Okay, unbelief starts creeping in when these spiritual storms start attacking us. And if left unchecked, it can even go to the point where, where it brings a separation from God for us. When these spiritual storms attack us, we can get to the point, if we're not careful, where we stop praying. We can get to the point where we stop believing that Jesus is who he says is. You can get to the point where you stop believing that Jesus, Holy Spirit, is in you. Okay? You stop believing that. Okay? And then again, you, you, you start, you become more and more lethargic spiritually, and you wind up separating from God. You slow down in going to church. You slow down in reading your Bible. You know, maybe maybe another brother or sister in the Lord that you've been really close to, you, you wind up kind of shying away from them. OK, these are when these spiritual storms in our lives start developing. But we have to realize, though, that as these things come along, that we have to always look to Jesus. Jesus can calm the storms in our lives. And one of the things that we have to get to the point of is realizing that when you have a spiritual storm going on in your life, that there is going to be a calm. Believe that. 
when there's a spiritual storm going on in your life, there's going to be a calm. Okay? And that's what we have to make sure that we remember. Okay, And at the time that the storm is going on in your life, I mean, when all heck is breaking loose, the furthest thing that you, you know, from your mind at that particular point in time is the fact that this too shall pass and that my Lord God will give me his peace and give me a calm after this storm. I, I, I'm going to weather this storm. I'm going to weather it. Okay. I remember the times again, back in New York, there when we had the hurricanes and the storms, the lightning and the thundering and whatnot, we always knew that at some point God was going to bring us through and that the skies would open up and that the sun would shine again. So I say to you, saints of God, that whatever storm you have going on in your life right now, right now, that God's going to bring a calm. Jesus was masterful at calming uh, storms. Okay. And with that, as usual, we have to always go to scripture. And if you go to Matthew 8, Verse 23, Matthew 8, verse 23. It'd be a good time to pause to say that if you don't have your Bible, please hit pause on this message here. Hit the pause button, run and get your Bible, maybe a pencil, piece of paper, something, maybe take some notes, a highlighter, so that you can, you can, uh, um, you, you know, highlight these scriptures in your Bible so that you can refer to these scriptures later on when things start coming to your life, into your life, where you need to remember these scriptures. Holy, Holy Spirit has a wonderful way of reminding us of the things that we've read so that we can come back and, uh, and review them again. Amen. So that's uh, Matthew 8, verse number 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Now, he had been been on one side there ministering to a lot of people. He went to Peter's mother's house and ministered to her and so on. And so now he said, okay, we're going to prepare to go to the other side. So it says in 23, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves. But he was asleep. Underline that, please. But he was asleep. Okay, the ship is being tossed to and fro now. Okay, a great tempest. Okay, rose up, but Jesus was asleep. Now, if he was asleep, then obviously he knew that nothing was going to be wrong. Okay, so he was asleep. All right. Verse 25 says, and his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. Now, they've been walking with Jesus all of this time. They know that he's the master of miracles, if you will. But yet still here again, they were starting to fear. They were starting to fear, okay? They forgot about all that they've seen. They forgot about everything that Jesus had been ministering to them, revealing unto them. But yet, so now this storm is coming up and they're beginning to fear. And they say, save us, we perish. Verse 26 goes on to say, and he, Jesus, and he saith unto them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Okay. Now I pause there for a moment too, and I say that if you've got a storm right now going on in your life, why are you fearful? Okay. Why are you fearful? You recognize the fact that there's a problem. You recognize that the the uh, fact that you have an issue. Something something in life is not going the way you want it to go. But why are you resorting to fear? Why are you letting your spirit, your mind, your thoughts, your actions be guided and governed by fear? Okay. O ye of little faith, O ye of little faith. Then he arose, it continues to say, and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Underline that, please. And there was a great calm. So Jesus came up there and he says, O ye of little faith. And he rebuked the wind. And all of a sudden there was this calm. There was this calm. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Okay. 
So now again, they see him and they say, wow, what manner of man is this? And they're, they're forgetting that he is the son of God. He's forgetting. They're forgetting. Everything that Jesus has been talking about, that he's demonstrating it. Okay. So what did Jesus do? He said, they said, we perish. Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. He came out, he rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. When we have a storm going on in our lives and things are not going right, we're troubled on every side. Remember that Jesus can indeed step in and bring a calm. He can rebuke that storm that is in your life and bring a calm to your life so that you will be at ease. You'll be more relaxed. He will chase that storm away. He will, will, will just, just, just do away with it. So that thing that you're carrying and your burden right now that's troubling you, remember that this storm that you're in, there's going to be a peace. Jesus can bring a calm to that, to your existence right now. You just have to have faith and just trust in him. You have to have faith and trust in, in Jesus. All right. If we go to John 16, uh, verse 33, John 16, verse number 33. Okay. Okay. Now the word of God has great reason, you know, for having these scriptures, these events put in there for us to read some 2000 years ago. All right. Because of the fact that Jesus wants us to know, he wants to remind us that he is there for us. Jesus knows that every single day of life will not be just a bed of roses. He knows that. Amen. So what he says here in verse number 33 is that these things I have spoken unto you, that in me, you might have peace. Underline that, please. In me, you might have peace. I have spoken these things unto you that in you, in me, you might have peace. In the world, listen to this now, in the world, you shall have tribulation. Okay. He said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. He didn't say if, he didn't say, say maybe. He said, in the world, you will have tribulation. So that means you and I both, at some points in our lives, at various points of our lives, we will have tribulations. We will have storms. Okay, it's a very expected part of our lives, but we should also have as, as an expected part of our lives the fact that where there's a storm, that Jesus is going to bring a great calm, that Jesus will bring a great calm. Because what does he say here? He says that in the world you should have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay, I have overcome the world. Underline that, please. So that means that Jesus is greater than anything that this world can throw at you. Anything. Jesus is greater than any, any, any financial issues. Jesus is greater than any, any, uh, 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 gee, lack of promotion of moving forward in your job, of being able to understand your classes in school. I mean, Jesus is greater than that. So whatever the tribulation is, whatever the problem is, whatever the storm that is going on in your life right now, right now, Jesus is greater than that. So therefore you should expect that. After the storm, there will indeed be a calm. Okay, so don't let this stormy thing that's going on now just make you, you know, get to the point where you are just giving up, where you're forgetting to pray, you're forgetting to spend time with God, you're forgetting to read your Bible. You know that that, that you're shying away from your other good Christian friends. You, you know, you know, from not talking to those people that are strong in the Lord. You know, don't start thinking. You know, so many times when we know other saints of God. You know, and we see that their lives, you know, seemingly, I mean, they have trials and tribulations too, but the times that we see them, they seem like they're always so up and they're so ready. They're quoting the word of God all the time and they are indeed an encouraging force for you. Okay. But during these times of storms and we have these storms in our lives, sometimes, 
Sometimes we don't want to see those people. Okay. Sometimes in our heart of hearts, in the back of our minds, you know, even though they're a good Christian friend, you may say, oh boy, if I call so-and-so and tell him or tell her, I know they're going to say so-and-so, so-and-so. They're going to say so-and-so and they're going to start quoting scripture, but that's not going to help me right now. I need this. I need that. You know, and sometimes we wind up shying away from the people that we know have the right words to say. Because the devil has us so so distraught and so down, worrying about this storm, that we don't want to see and hear anything from them right now. This, this can happen sometimes, okay? All right? But when those storms are going on, this is the time that you need to expect that there's going to be a calm after the storm is gone. Okay, and, and, and Jesus will step in there. Jesus may step in there through another person. He may step in there through something you may see on TV, something you may pick up and read in the word of God when you're reading it. Jesus will come in indeed and shine some light into that storm of yours and he will dispel it. He will indeed rebuke it. But we have to have that expectation that God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit will guide me out of the storm and that there will indeed be a calm. Okay. And again, Jesus said, said the world in the world, you should have tribulation. Okay. And being in the world is where we are. You know, we are in the world. You know, we're citizens of two locations, if you will. We're citizens of the world, but we're more importantly, we're citizens of heaven. We have our feet planted in two realities. You know, one foot is in the reality, the physical world that we see around us. The other reality is the spiritual realm that we're in as Christians, as children of God. You see, but many times when these storms and tribulations come into our lives, we forget that we are citizens of heaven. We forget that we, we are children of God's kingdom. We forget about that. Amen. Amen. So whatever it is that's going on right now in your life, there shall indeed be a peace. There shall be a calm. That storm is not going to follow you through forever. There's a peace in this, a peace after the calm. And always live. Again, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. We have to always live knowing that there will always be a calm after that storm. Okay. Whatever battles are going on in our lives, the things that we're fighting, if we check what we're doing and let Holy Spirit reveal to us anything that we need to correct while we're in this storm, while we're in this battle, if we need, let Holy Spirit, you know, guide us and, 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 and say and remind us, well, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to stop doing. During the time that you're in this storm, then God will indeed navigate your way out of it so that you can experience that storm. Amen. 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 So let's go to let's go to Second uh, Corinthians 15. Verse number one, Second Corinthians 15. Verse number one. OK, good old Old Testament, because there are so many, so many good things that happen there that God shows us through the events of that time that is applicable to us today. Okay. Still applicable to us today. And we need to hear these things and read these things and study these things because it will indeed help guide us. Amen. So chapter 15 here, verse number one, and the spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. Okay, what the prophet is telling him now. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Okay? So if you've got a storm going on right now, as the scripture is saying, is that he will be with you if you seek him. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you too. So if you've got a storm that's going on, this is not the time to forsake God. 
This is not the time to forget about God or keep running to every single man, or every person you can think of, you know, who you can call, who you can email, who you can text for some help or for some direction. Seek God if you're in the storm. Okay. And you want to see your way out of it. You want to expect this calm to come about you. So first of all, we have to remember that while we're in this storm, while we're in this battle, that we need to make sure that we continue seeking God. Verse number three says, now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. Israel was going through a time here now. Okay. Okay. They kind of gotten away from the true God. Okay, they didn't have a real priest that was doing proper, appropriate and proper teaching and without any law. All right. Does that sound familiar? Kind of sounds like what's going on today. In this country, other countries around the world, the things that that are happening. Have the people that are in charge, quote unquote, have they forsaken God? Is this why the issues and the things that we see happening in our countries, this country and other countries around the world, is God being forsaken? Okay. It goes on to say it now for long, uh, again, for a long season, Israel had been without a true God, without a teaching priest and without law. Verse number four. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Okay. So they woke up. They said, oh, time for us to go seeking God. Time for you to wake up and start remembering that you need to go and seek God. If things are going wrong in your life and you just can't see, figure out why things are happening this way, or maybe you do know why, but you need a way out, first of all, go back to seeking God, okay? Back to seeking God. And he said that he was found of them. You seek God and God will respond. You start seeking God and he will answer. You start seeking God and he will shine a light into your situation. You start seeking God and, and he will grab you by the hand and will bring you out of that storm that you are in right now. Right now. He'll bring you out. You just need to start seeking him. Don't forsake him. Start seeking him. Verse number five goes on to say, and in those times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Again, it sounds like now. No peace to him that went out, nor to him that, that came out, in or, or out. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. We see vexations going on now. Okay, You think it's not vexations going on now? You look at what's happening. Look at what's happening in the streets. You know, you've heard me say before that I grew up in the 60s, and I remember those times of writings and and racial issues and all that stuff that was going on and all sorts of violence going on. But there was a reason. Now, I'm not saying that the reason was right or wrong. I'm just saying that there was a purpose. There was and there was a reason for that violence that was going on. Again, I'm not saying it was right or wrong, but there was there, there was a design by what was going on. The things that we see happening today in this country and other countries around the world, especially in this country and some of the cities in this in this country, the, 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 the violence, the crime that is happening is purely senseless. There's no reason behind it. And you talk about vexations. OK, there's no reason behind someone grabbing a woman in the middle of the street in broad daylight and attacking her sexually. There's no reason or rhyme for someone walking up to someone in broad daylight and hitting them in the head with a brick or shooting them or any of the other other heinous crimes that are being committed today. All right. There's no reason behind that. It's just like a sporadic, just, just, just popping out and going, going nuts. People are like, are like going crazy. We know the reason why there's demonic activity is on a rise 
you know, in a way that we haven't seen before over the years. Again, I say I grew up in the 60s and I've seen demonic activity, but not like this that's going on today. Amen. Amen. So, so there is something going on. And it's because of the fact that people in this country you know, ha- have drawn away from God. They're forsaking God. I read an article how the people that profess themselves to be Christians, to be full-fledged Christians, is, is decreasing. Church attendance is dropping and dropping and dropping. Okay. And many times when, when those people are going to church, they're going to churches that are, are, that, that are preaching what they want to hear to justify them living a sinful life. That is on the rise also. Now, that's a whole sermon unto itself. So I won't go into a whole lot of detail here, but, but, but God is being forsaken even in the church, even in the church. Many churches now, now are saying that the things that, you know, what is wrong is right and what is right is, is wrong. Okay, I'm sorry, but the Bible talks directly about homosexuality, but there are many so-called Christian churches who are embracing that. Now, again, you've heard me say before, for I I don't dislike or hate the homosexual. God doesn't hate or, or dislike the homosexual. God loves them too, but God hates the sin. It's the sin. And the Bible is plain and clear about that sin. But there are many churches that are are saying, yes, come on in. We welcome you. Yes, I welcome you too, but I do not welcome that sin. Because God does not welcome that sin, okay? But by you, if you're running a church and you're saying that, yes, come on in, come on in, and, and you're not ministering to them, and you're not praying with them to point them in the right direction according to the word of God, then you, in a way, are forsaking God too because you're forsaking his word, okay? God is clear on that. Abortion is the same thing. And again, this is not a political message. This is very, very uh, 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 spiritually and Christian based what I'm saying here, 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 because there are many people that are forsaking God and not realizing it because they are chasing and accepting those faith, uh, those, those um, behaviors and those beliefs. God is very, very clear on both of those topics. Okay. So we can't be forsaking God by turning a blind eye to it or trying to blend it in to our quote unquote Christian doctrine. Okay, because what we're doing is that we are misleading people. We're misleading people into believing come to church and pray and sing and praise and everything. God loves that practice. God accepts you because you believe that abortion at the last minute up to the up to the last minute is okay. You believe that homosexuality is okay. You believe that transgender and trying to redefine God's definition of the sexes is okay. It's okay. That is not what God is saying. And we have to be careful about preaching to people and making them think that it is okay because we're getting them to forsake God. Forsaking God is turning away from God. Okay. Okay. You can't be running to God and be talking all of that other stuff because that is not in accordance with God's word. So we have to be careful. And it says there again in five, in those times, there's no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Verse six, and nation was destroyed of nation. Nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be strong, therefore, and I say to you today, be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Okay, be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So all that's going on. The storm that is in your life right now that is impacting you in so many ways, maybe one big, huge way, but that storm that is in your life, the word of God says, be strong. Let not your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. Be strong. Don't let your hand. You continue doing what God is calling you to do. 
You continue doing what God, God's word says that we are to do. Okay. Be strong. Don't fold up like a cheap suit and just give in. You know, don't, don't give in, in under the pressure of whatever that storm is bringing in your life. Don't let your hands be weak. Don't let your prayers get weak. Don't let your faith get weak. All right. Don't let your, don't let the confessions that come out of your mouth be weak. You confess the word of God. You speak the word of God to your situation. You bind up every single, any spirit that Holy Spirit reveals to you that is operating in your life, that is bringing that storm into your life. You rebuke that, that, that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't let your hands get weak. You continue being strong because there shall be a calm after that storm that's in your life. There shall be a calm after that storm. Okay? Right? And again, repeat it. Be you strong, therefore, let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Verse 8, and when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage, he took courage, and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. He put away, he was encouraged by what the prophet was saying. Be you encouraged today by the words that you're hearing here. Be you, be, be you encouraged by the words that we are reading from the word of God relative to that storm that's in your life. Okay. And what did he do? He started looking at what was happening in the land. He put away the abominable idols, idols out of all of the land of Judah and Benjamin. If you've got any idols going on in your life, now's the time for you to look at those idols and put them aside. Put them aside. Okay. Now, of course, many of us, probably none of us listening uh, 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 to this message have little dolls or little statues of carved images that we're worshiping. Okay. 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 We don't, we don't have idols that we bow down to that we light candles to, but we do have idols in the terms of the, in terms of things that we put before God. Okay. You've got that car that you love to work on so much, that classic car that you're rebuilding. But yes, though, when the time comes for you to go to church, you decide you're going to go work on that car because that becomes, that, that comes before God. That comes before the church, before going to church. That has become an idol. We can have idols in the form of human beings, you know, someone that we, we, we almost worship in terms of like just, just giving and giving into every single whim, every single demand, every single thing they say out of, out of the houses. They tell us to jump, then we say how high. They tell us to do something a counter to the word of God and we go along with it. Anything that you put before God can become an idol. So it's time for us, as it says here, he put away the abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin. While you are doing this work, while you're continuing the work of your hands as you're getting out of the storm, as you're working, as you're working your way out of the storm, remember that we need to do some retrospective reflection on our lives. Is there anything in my life, Lord, that I need to get out? Is there anything in my life that I need to stop doing? Is there anything in my life that I need to start doing? Do some retrospection. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal unto you anything that you are doing that might be adding to that storm that is in your life. Okay? We can be doing some things sometime, you know, unawares of the fact that we are contributing to that storm that's there. We can be doing some things that we're not even aware of. Or there's something that we could not be doing that we're not realizing we should be doing that can be contributing to that storm that is in your life. So it's time to get those abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin in your life. Okay. And as he continues to say here, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord. He renewed the altar of the Lord. So it means that 
He brought God back into the picture. You need to get rid of those idols. Stop doing what you are doing. That, that's wrong. That's counter to what God would want you to do. Or start doing what you're not doing and bring the altar of God back into your life, so to speak. Okay. Get back into the program. Get back into worship. Get back into prayer. Get back into praising. Get back into listening to some good Christian music. Get back into loving God the Father. Get back into loving Jesus. Get back into loving Holy Spirit. Get back into following Holy Spirit and letting him minister to you and talk to you. Rebuild the altar in your life. And the storm will go away and you shall see the calm after the storm is gone. You shall see it. He goes on to say here in verse number nine, and he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with him out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together. Uh, they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time, uh, the same time of the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Can you enter into a covenant with God and say, you're going to continue seeking him with all of your heart and all of your soul? Okay. God holds covenants very seriously now. So if you're not serious about making a covenant with him, don't go making a covenant. But if you're going to make a covenant with God and you're going to continue seeking him with all of your heart and with all your soul, you need to do so. This is a part of re uh, 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 bringing the altar of God back into your life, getting rid of all that other stuff that would be taking you away or distracting you and contributing to that storm that is going on in your life. Amen. Amen. And then it goes on to say, uh, verse 13, that whosoever uh, would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swore unto, unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought, and sought him with all their desire. And he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest all about. Underline that, please. And the Lord gave them rest all about. There's the calm. There's the calm after the storm. Okay. When they realized what they were doing, when they realized that they needed God and it said that they sought in verse 15, Judah rejoiced at the oath, at the covenant that was made for they had sworn with all their heart. They swore with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them. Okay. So when you get to the point that you are seeking God with all of your heart, with all of your being, with all of your soul, you're genuinely crying out to the Lord, Lord, help me. I've got this storm in my life. I've got this infirmity. I've got this financial need. I've got this relationship issue. My children, my this, the people on my job. When you cry out to God, God will, and you will find him and God will respond. And then the Lord gave them rest all about. Then the Lord will give you rest all about. He'll give you that calm after the storm. But you got to get to the point that you are expecting this to happen so that when storms come in your life, you don't start giving up. Okay. Right away, you jump into mode. Okay. Let me start searching. Let me start seeking. Lord, is there something I'm missing? Something I should be doing? Something I need to stop doing? Lord, Lord, I'm crying out to you. Lord, help me in this, this time. Point my direction. Bring your light into this dark storm that is in my life. And God will respond, not because I said he will respond, because his word said that he will respond. 
If you seek him, you will find him and he will respond and he will give you rest round about. There'll be a calm after that storm that you're in. Verse number 16 says, and also concerning Machah, the mother of Asa, the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove and Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it at the brook Kidron. Then it goes on to say there what else he went on doing to restoring to restoring God and God's altars back to the land. OK. So you have to see that there was a calm after this great time of of battle, if you will, for Israel. The same thing, the same thing is what God wants to do in your life. The same thing. There's no, no, no different. You don't have to be key. You don't, you don't have to be wrestling. You don't have to be all bogged up. You don't have to be tired. You know how tired and how much energy and strength being in a storm draws from you. Okay. It draws the life out of you if you let it. There's no need for you to continue there. There's no need. So in winding down and in closing here, I I just say to you that there's a calm after your storm. And we need to just remember, because Jesus said, remember, Jesus said that when you have tribulations, but remember that he's greater than the world. Okay, Jesus said when you have tribulations, we will always have tribulations. They will always be tribulations until Jesus returns. From time to time, they will indeed pop up. But when they do pop up, the difference is now you know, now you know that there's no reason for you to just remain in that storm indefinitely, that you can look forward to the fact that there will indeed be a peace. There will indeed be a calm after that storm. Look forward to it, expect it, and believe it. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Amen? And uh, if it was, uh, pass on the uh, links to, uh, to this website. To, uh, to those that are around you, to those you think may, may benefit by it, we can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. And if you look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button there. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically whenever these messages are made available. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we have our apps, of course, uh, for uh, Google and for Apple devices. It can be found at the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. And uh, download those, those apps. They're free of charge. Play them back when you will, you know, as you will, as Holy Spirit guides you to. Um, the apps, by the way, on the apps when you see our sermons, uh, e- even from the web page, our sermons can be downloaded both in video or audio-only form. And, uh, again, they're there for you to have. Play it in your car. Play it, play it when you're feeling down. You know, play them, play them when, when, when you're in the middle of a storm. Play back some of these messages as Holy Spirit guides you. And you'll hear the word of God repeated to you to remind you, to remind you, to remind you that you're not alone. You're not alone. Seek God, seek God, seek God. And he will indeed respond. He will indeed respond. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, oh Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. We thank you for your words, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, oh Lord God, that we shall remember these words, oh Lord God, as we navigate and go through any storms that we might be in right now. Let us to always remember, Heavenly Father God, that with you in our lives, there will always be a calm after the storm. Let us always remember these words, O Lord God, and, and be and be enlightened by them, O Lord God. Be be heartened by them, O Lord God, knowing that you're there with us. We praise you, Lord God. We just magnify thy most glorious name. We thank you for all things, both great and small, in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. 
okay, and come back again and visit with us and tarry a while. Amen. Go forth and be blessed. And remember that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to you.